In business and life, relationships are everything. Welcome to the People Catalyst Podcast, where we interview top business leaders and learn how they build relationships with their teams, clients, and those that promote and refer them. Here's your host, business trainer and leader of the People Catalyst team, Carla Nelson. And welcome to the People Catalyst Podcast, Mark S.A. Smith. Thank you very much, Carla. It's a delight to be here. Let's talk about something that catalyzes people into wherever they want to go. <laughs> well, there you go. The People Catalyst Podcast. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, share with us a little bit, Mark, about your, you know, entrepreneurial background and what mm. you've done and, you know, what brought you to the place you're at today. Well, let's start with that. Let's start with where we are, then we might do a little quick rewind. I'm a business growth strategist. And I work with executives to plot an unstoppable path to the future. Along the way, I've written 14 books, working on number 15 and number 16 as we are speaking. Yes, it means I have no that's life. Amazing. <laughs> it just happens to be a skill. It's a skill. That's all there is to it. It's a skill I've developed over the decades of being able to communicate in unique ways that people can understand. And what got me here was a series of interesting events. Uh, I loved radio. You can tell I got a radio voice, was years in radio, got a degree in radio mass media. And uh, then I discovered I could make way well, more money. You were a DJ for a while. Well, I was. I was a disc jockey for five years and really enjoyed it. But I found I could make way more money with my head in the transmitter, my foot on the tower than I could behind the microphone. And while it's fun to be a DJ, it's more fun to be well paid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I love, um, you know, uh, anyone who has uh, listened and or read the book, Never Split the Difference. Mm -hmm. He talks about, and this is serious stuff, right? Where they're, um, you know, he's a FBI guy that- Hostage negotiator. Is, yeah, and a hostage negotiator. Yeah. And he talks about the late night DJ voice and how important that piece of the negotiation is. So that's right. Yeah. He talks about, you don't want to go to jail, do you? You don't want to die today. That's not on your list of things to do, are you? So that's, that's the, that was his approach. It was the relaxed. I get where you're coming from. I'm feeling it. Chris Voss is just a fantastic conversation. I agree. <laughs> Amazing. So, okay. So you go from DJ to entrepreneur. So you well, actually, I went to, I went to engineering school. I got a degree in electrical engineering because I thought I could make a lot of money playing antenna theory guy in, in the radio station world and, and found out that wasn't really the, what I wanted to play. But I did get hired as a sales guy by Hewlett Packard back in the days when they hired engineers to sell their technology to other engineers. And that's, that's yeah, really when things kind of went sideways. A sales guy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and it was a mess. You know, it was absolutely a mess because I had no idea how to sell, none whatsoever. So I made all the mistakes in the book <laughs> and learned a lot of things along the way that I've been able to help people bring disruptive technology to the world in new and powerful ways. So that's really what I've been doing over the past, well, coming up on 40 years, of, is helping people sell disruptive ideas and disruptive technology. Love that. And share with us, like, you know, one example of this disruptive technology, uh, because I think, you know, we've seen it like mm -hmm. over the last, like you said, 40 years, mm -hmm. you know, something that has completely changed 
the way we look at the world. Well, we're doing it right now. It's called Zoom. Teleconferencing has radically yeah. changed the world. It's been around for a long time. 1964. I know. AT&T had, had the uh, telephone, the, the video phone. 1964, they had a video phone. And yeah. it didn't take, it, it, it took this insane experience we've gone through for us, for us to normalize the fact that we can actually do business remotely. That's and disruptive why. technology. You know what's hilarious about this, Mark, is the fact that I've been trying to talk people into doing this for so long. It was only since we hit COVID, it was like, mm -hmm. you know, pressed upon you because you look at the law of diffusion of innovations, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, they came about that information from 110 years of marketing research about how people adopt new ideas mm -hmm. and it just got pressed upon us all of a sudden and then all now people are totally fine with it they're mm -hmm. like yeah i'd rather a video call than jump it on a plane and spend it a day there and spend it a day back and it's well, that's where you and I different. I like, I love the adventure. I love the adventure of going to strange places and talking to strange people about their strange problems. <laughs> I, I like that, that part. I like, strange, I like the strange mm. places, strange people, and strange problems. That is hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> that's the adventurer in me. And I, you know, the thing is, sure, getting on Zoom is a whole lot easier because it'd be it, this certainly facilitates things. It'd be difficult for you and I to get together, have this conversation without this technology. Yet, I'd almost rather jump in my car and drive out to visit you because of the adventures I would have upon the way. Uh, that I have no control over. I have no planning for. It's just the, I don't wonder it's going to show up today. What, what amazing thing am I going to see? What amazing person am I going to meet? And along the way, I've met some extraordinary people, some mind-blowing people. For example, a week ago, no, no, it was a month ago. I'm driving down the road and I see this guy hitchhiking by the side of the road with a great big, you know, backcountry backpack. And most people go, oh, no, no, we're not going to pick up hitchhikers. I'm in Utah. What is the likelihood that I'm going to run across somebody who's a serial killer? So I picked the guy up. And he had just finished a 700-mile solo hike through the Utah desert. And I had 90 minutes of hearing this guy's story. Where else would I have discovered that, right? So, I mean, part of it is just being open to the insanity of the world showing up and saying, yes, I'll, sure, I'm in. <laughs> well, I love that. I'm in. Like, count me in. Say yes, right? Yes. There's a lot of times that, you know, we walk away and uh, don't say yes and mm -hmm. lose out in that well, regard. You know, the secret, the true secret is willingness. Willingness is the superpower of all military and first responders. Their willingness to step into danger, their willingness to run towards the no problem. Kidding. They're heading up when everyone else is heading down. That's right. Exactly right. That willingness is a rare resource, and it's something that is highly valued by leaders. Are you willing to try something you've never done before, or do you require that you remain in your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Well, we all love our comfort zones. We do, but they're boring. Yeah, very true. What if you could only do things you were good at for the rest of your life? How boring would it be? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's a good point. It, you know, and that juxtaposes really, you know, what we do well and the fact that most people only spend, you know, eight to 
of their time in the things that they do well and their mm. strengths, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that they do them easily, they do them well, but it, then all of a sudden you got to look at also, what are the things you've never done? Mm-hmm. And I think that's really interesting. And, you know, when it comes down to uh, sales, and I know you and I had a conversation in regards to that is, you know, what part of that process do you do really well? Is it the, um, you know, connecting with somebody or is it the, you know, paperwork piece or is it the closing it out? And, you know, so I'd love to hear, you know, in regards to being adventurous and then also (laughs) like being in like what we have to do day in and day out. Right. Um, And how do you kind of balance that? That's a good question. I don't think you do. <laughs> Good answer. Uh, well, you know, the, the reality is is that most people have days of extremes, especially in the entrepreneurial world. And we have days when we're extremely busy, and then we have days when we're extremely bored, and we have days when we're extremely excited. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just part of the nature of, of an entrepreneurial spirit is there is no real balance. It's just it ends up being a weave of, of days that we string together to accomplish our outcomes. I love that, Mark there's not balance. Like, cause mm. everybody hears about this balance thing. I'm like, what the hell is that? Like, you know, either you're working like crazy mm-hmm. or you're backing off because you need something to happen before something else happens. Um, so, you know, that's really interesting well, in I- regards to, you know, being adventurous, but then also understanding, you know, it's, it, you kind of have to roll with the punches as well. Well, think about this metaphor. As long as you're standing still, you're balanced. But the moment you decide to take a step, you have to lose your balance and catch yourself. Mm. Yeah, just like and the right faster you yeah. go, the faster you go, the more you have to lose your balance before you catch yourself. Running is a series of losing your balance and catching yourself at high speed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. And think about riding a bike. Uh-huh. Very similar. Yeah. You have to be willing to. Unfortunately, you got the gyroscopic nature of the the wheels, which help uh, provide a little bit of force that keeps us upright. But yes, it's a balancing issue. But but the point is, is that we're always losing balance. When we turn, we we have to change the balance. And I think it's not really a matter of balance. It's a matter of being, understanding that things go through cycles. Hmm. And, you know, it's, it's, it's it's all about cycles. cycles. It's cycles. Mm -hmm. It's where are you in the cycle? Are you, are you in the build cycle? Are you in the rest cycle? Are you in the rebuild cycle? Are you in the the destroy cycle? There's always where we are in cycles. Mm -hmm. First breathe. We have to empty our lungs first. You know, it's, there's that breathe in, breathe out. It's, it is, it is exert and rest. There is a great book on this. Um, Gosh, what is it called? Um, There was a gentleman I had the opportunity uh, to meet and he wrote a book and I read it like three times and I can't believe I can't remember his name, but it talked about, we are oscillating people mm-hmm. in a vibrational an world. Mm-hmm. It's a vibrational and, world. Yeah. And he coached, uh, um, you know, Olympic world champion, like everybody he coached, they were athletes. Mm. Oh my goodness. It's a great book. Actually, if you, anybody probably Googled that, they'll come up with, this particular book. And it talked about, you know, just the cycle that they go Mm -hmm. through and to understand 
that we are oscillating individuals and mm -hmm. it's not about focusing on one thing. It's about moving with what's happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We have natural cycles. I mean, we call them seasons. We call them day and night. Uh, we have in the book, he actually talks about that. Like mm -hmm. and he identifies, like you can go from season, you can go from, I mean, he just identified like all these different aspects of that's the way the world works. It's yeah. Oscillating. Even well, your though heart, we your heart beats so much an oscillation. about, um, you know, balance. It's like, what's balance? Uh -uh. There really is no balance. It's just a matter of where are you in your cycle. Mm -hmm. And make sure that you're doing the thing you need to be doing in your cycle. If it's your rest cycle, for crying out loud, rest. And if it's your work cycle, all focus in on working. And I think really the, the best the way to think about this is where are you placing your focus? If you're split focus, then, you know, you're frittering away your energy and then you're going to feel like you don't have time to rest. Good point. Good point. Mm -hmm. And I think the other aspect is to remember that, uh, you know, it always takes longer than you think. Give yourself a little, cut yourself a little slack. Well, that's every business owner and any <laughs> entrepreneur that I've ever, ever met is the fact that it takes twice as long and it costs twice as much. So mm -hmm. just plan on that from the beginning. And you'll sell it for half as much. <laughs> yeah, that's totally true. Okay, so with that, then I think you should move into, you know, one of the things that we had an opportunity uh, to chat about is, you know, how people buy. Hmm. And that's a really great conversation, I think, for, you know, any business owner um, or entrepreneur is to understand that aspect. So mm -hmm. you want to share with that a little bit, Mark? No, oh, there's, there's so many different things we can talk about when it comes to how people buy. But the, um, the fundamental is that when it comes to your success as a sales professional, half of your success is the buyer's motivation. Do they want to experience what you're delivering, whether it's an outcome or it's the avoidance of a particular outcome Isn't or if it's an funny? experience? Either it's the attraction or avoidance. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, well, there's absolutely right. About half the population is away from more uh, oriented. They're trying to avoid something, get rid of something, eliminate something. About the other half of the population is toward. They want to gain something. They want to experience something. They want to have something. They want to win something, which is really good because we need to have that balance between the two. Uh, you know, for example, avoiders, typical avoiders are lawyers, you know, keep you out of jail. And yeah. Accountants, you know, keep your, your numbers right. Uh, quality control, making sure that what you're getting is high quality and it's not broken. Engineering, troubleshooting is a fundamental nature of away from. Well, and we know that, oh my gosh, from the current situation that mm -hmm. happened here recently, right? Mm -hmm. Engineering is critical. Mm -hmm. And yeah, is. you know what's the crazy part, Mark, that you just brought up is the fact that people do things in different parts of the work differently. Mm -hmm. Absolutely so true. One of the things that, you know, we teach is, you know, putting the right people in the right place at the right mm -hmm. time, doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is we focus so much on what people aren't mm -hmm. instead of holding them in their magnificence and realizing that, you know, it's not like you're going to come up with the best idea, you know, pick the best idea, prioritize it, find the all the people necessary, create the plan, poke all the holes in it and do the day-to-day -day mundane things that need to get done. And I think that's one of the things um, in regards to, you know, just getting things done that is critical and important. 
and all those pieces, you know, and, and even thinking about, you know, the ideas of, um, you know, why people buy. I mean, mm -hmm. think about that. We could sit here for an hour and go, this is why someone's going to buy, or this is why someone's going to avoid. Mm. Right. And we're like, mind reading through that process and understanding who's on your team to be able to um, do that. Well, we need to give more time to that. Well, it's, it's, it's a matter of training. Uh, you know, it, it, what you, how, how people buy determines how they view the purchase fundamentally, mm -hmm. you know, motivation aside. And that is, do they see the purchase as being tactical purchase to perform a task such as eh, I need to clean the windows. Let's go get some window washing spray. That's a tactical purchase versus something that's mission critical. Uh, you know, something that's just strategic, such as let's go buy a house. Let's get married. Let's buy a car. Let's buy a boat. You know, those are larger purchases that are fulfilling a mission that supports their identity versus buying something that allows them to forward a task, which is going and buying groceries. And unless you're throwing a party. Well, and if you could talk to that a little sure. bit in your, uh, we had previously spoke about uh, sequence intelligence yeah, and how that just makes so much sense uh, in regards to embracing your team and then also knowing what to do at what time. Mm. Well, yeah, that gets back to the, uh, the, the concept of, of a person's motivation. There's three fundamental components that structure a person's motivation. That's their objective. What do they want to accomplish or avoid? And that's influenced by their vision of the world, as well as the people that they, uh, that they're, um, that they find to be influential or important to their lives. So we have an internal source of our motivation. We have an external source to our motivation. And ideally when the two of them align, then we're going to be, we're going to be able to accelerate the fastest. But we, uh, you know, an external person is a scorekeeper. They, they let us know if they're doing, we're doing well or not by their scorekeeping. And then we have our internal scorekeeping whether we know that we feel like we're doing the, our best job, we feel like we're being our best person. And so we start with those internal and external scorekeepers for, uh, for objectives. So that's the beginning part of it. So the next step is the priorities. That's the sequence. That is the order in which we attempt to achieve our objectives. And that's where sequence intelligence starts to become important because there is a probably a, a best order for most people attempting to, to uh, achieve something, whether it's, uh, you know, if you're cooking, you, know, you pull together all the ingredients first, you make sure you have all the, uh, uh, the equipment that you need, and then you have to follow the recipe. You know, you, you can't put it in the oven until you've mixed it together. Those are all sequence elements that end up. You know what's fun about that, Mark, is I'm not sure if you've seen, but, you know, uh, I have uh, seen where somebody's giving instructions. Yeah. And just by giving the instructions doesn't mean they're followed exactly correctly. Mm -hmm. And I think a part of that is that, you know, we don't include all of the people when they need to be included. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and so when we're trying to get things done, um, understanding that there's people, right. What we call shakers, uh, 35% mm -hmm. of the population that come up with ideas and they can, you know, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there's tons of negative terms that we can identify with them. Squirrel or, you know, in the military, they call them the chief idea fairy or you know, <laughs> you're such a visionary. You've got your head in the clouds or, you know, it, allowing them to live in that space. And then the 15 percent of the population that are early adopters that are doers mm-hmm. uh, pick up on those ideas and then, OK, say, hey, I can pick the best ideas, set of ideas, and, you know, figure out who needs to uh, be involved in that. And then uh, the provers, which are 25% of the population later adopters, and they're like, you know, how to deal with Debbie Downer kind of books. <laughs> and everybody like has a frustration with provers, but they are the best because <laughs> you're gonna like figure out everything that's gonna go wrong before it goes wrong. So let them just, you know, do what they do best. And then the makers that, you know, uh, are fine with the day-to-day mundane, okay, I, I can, you know, roll with the checklist day in and day out. And I think that's really interesting in regards to your uh, sequence intelligence. Um, and how do you, in gauge a team mm-hmm. uh, because we all do different parts of the work mm-hmm. differently mm-hmm. and we're necessarily so sell at different pieces of that mm-hmm. yeah necessarily so everybody on a team has a different worldview that's formed by their personality their training their culture their personal identity and interestingly you pointed out a couple of times in your your conversation there that people you know, tend to uh, throw arrows at some of these characters, characteristics. Because we have so many negative terms for them. So mm-hmm. it's not like holding them in their brilliance. It's like beating them up for what they aren't. Well, those those in some ways are hints of jealousy, wishing that I could have that same experience. That's a good point. Another part of it is just not understanding their viewpoint is required for us to have a a. In this particular case, the word balanced is correct. Balanced in the, in the term of a balanced tire. And that runs down the road better when it is in balance than if it's out of, out of balance. If you have an organization that's nothing but idea generators, nothing, gets, nothing happens. And if you have an organization that's nothing but implementers, uh, it falls apart. It, go, it becomes obsolete. Well, and it, so we have to have that balance. And what's so interesting about that, Mark, mm-hmm. is, you know, we've worked with, you know, new tech companies, almost everybody, early adopters, Mm -hmm. right? Idea, idea, idea. Uh, But you have to get to the point to replicating something over and over again. And and it's interesting, you know, we've um, been training uh, a city that has had some really challenging situations in regards to diversity and inclusion. And we trained like, I don't know, 54 of their managers. They had no makers. I was like, Mm -hmm. I know what you struggle with every single day is the Mm -hmm. fact that you're great with making the rules, but now all of a sudden you have to actually do that Mm -hmm. checklist. You don't like it, do you? And they erupted in laughter. It's like, you know, we need everybody. We mm-hmm. just don't need them at the same time in the mm-hmm. work. Right. Um, and you have to get through that entire process. And that's what I love about the sequence intelligence that. Um, well, the whole idea behind sequence intelligence is it starts with master planning, which is what's the outcome that you really, the best possible outcome that you can, 
achieve. And then figuring out how to increment stepwise to doing that. You know, one example is we have these absolutely fantastic things that have become our handcuffs, these smartphones. And, you know, it's, it's taken an, an awful lot to get us to this point. You know, starting all the way with the back with the idea of let's have voice communications. And now that's the least used function of this phone. <laughs> I don't that's talk into that very much anymore. That, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so there's a lot of things that had to, had to be in place, sequencing that had to get into place before we got to this particular point. But if you start with the end in mind, then we can figure out the sequence that's required. And we can talk to the people that are going to help us navigate that sequence. And then we can figure out the, the best way to get there. Now, best is a judgment, whether it's the least expensive, the fastest, if the most fun. There's a lot of different criteria that we could assign to the word best, but we get to do that. We get to decide that through leadership in the team of, of what we, how do we define best. But that's where, the, that's where sequencing really becomes important, and it has to do with priority. What you know, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that I've communicated um, to people, it, because relationships are super important to me, mm. when I look at my checklist, and I'm definitely a person that loves to have a checklist, is that how is it going to affect the relationship? Like mm -hmm. to me, that's the way, that's my, you know, view mm -hmm. of the checklist. And I go, okay, so if that's needing to be done based off the checklist, you know, it, and then I love it. You're like, okay, do we, is it about fun or is it about fast or is it about less expensive or, mm -hmm. you know, putting that in regards to uh, the sequence intelligence makes mm -hmm total sense. Mm -hmm. I, I think a part of this too is, is having impact literacy, understanding the impact of the choices you make, the decisions you make, the actions that you take are part of sequence intelligence. And unfortunately, we don't really possess impact literacy until we've made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> right, well, that's a part of life, right? Like, yeah. Honestly, at the end of the day, um, it's night. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. So, Mark, how can our viewers and listeners get a hold of you? Uh, the very easiest way is uh, let's connect on LinkedIn. Mark's on LinkedIn.com, M E R K S O N, LinkedIn.com. It's hard to find me unless you use Mark S.A. Smith. You can find me that way too. Um, search on and just say, hey, you know, I, I heard you on the podcast, love to connect. And I'll be delighted to give anybody who wishes to 20 minutes of time to have a conversation about whatever they want to talk about. I love the adventure. Everybody yeah. I talk to has something to teach me. I can't tell you. I've met so many amazing people just being open, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Willing. Awesome. That's it. Appreciate Willing. that. We will keep it in the podcast notes. And Mark, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Likewise. And can't wait to see what the future holds. Uh, I mean, either, but it'll be amazing. It always has been, always will be. Yes, sir. Thank you for listening to the People Catalyst podcast. And remember, it's a good life. <laughs>